0: Hey, welcome to the 30th episode of Just Shoot It, a podcast about filmmaking, storytelling, and directing. I'm Oren Kaplan. And I'm Matt Enlow. And today we are going to be talking to Tim Wilkerson, another college humor director that's done some really great stuff. He's done a bunch of TV things and worked with celebrities and did this really, really hilarious campaign for himself trying to direct a Kentucky Fried Chicken commercial. And we will get all into it right after this musical break. Hello, Tim Wilkerson. Welcome.
1: Thank you for having me. Hello, Matt and Orrin.
0: Hey, how's it going? I've heard. I've never met Tim before, but I've heard so many things about him. Usually, something along the lines of, "Oh, yeah, Tim got that job." So, um, sorry, Orrin, <laughs> we meant to tell you. Sorry you didn't go on that family vacation. Um, I'm sorry,
1: but nice to meet you officially. <laughs>
0: you too. So, tell us about your directing at College Humor right
1: mm-hmm. now. I'm a full-time director at College Humor. I've only been full-time for like six months, but I've been directing for them for like five years now. So,
0: Whoa, five years? Yeah. Cool. Well, I, I think we want to hear a lot about that and your TV stuff and everything, but can you take us back to how you got into to the all beginning?
1: this? Yeah, yeah. So I, when I was in college, I started a sketch comedy group, which is a friend, Scott Blair, and we called it Magic Hugs. And we just started making sketches while we were, I guess, junior and seniors in in college. And then uh, eventually, like, we put up videos where, like, College Humor, Funny or Die.
2: And Adam Films. And Adam Films uh,
1: reached out to us. And by the time that we graduated and moved out to L.A., we had some, we had, like, a little bit of a foot in the door with some companies. So we started doing videos for and Kutcher's production company, Catalyst. Uh, we did some videos for Adam Films.
2: Tim, I first kind of became aware of you because I was working at Adam Films at the time and uh, was a huge fan of you guys. Did a video called "How to Be Tight," mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. was like kind of like an MTV style, like man on the street sort of like hosted right. thing. And, it's and like I remember how to be a cool bro. How to be a cool bro. And yeah. the thing, the detail I always remember is that Scott was wearing sunglasses and then had sunglasses on his head, mm-hmm. and then also had some sunglasses hanging from his b-neck. Yeah. And I was like, well, this is a great video. <laughs> this is a perfect joke.
1: Yo, what up, it's Chaz, just chilling out of my pad right now. I'm about to lay down some sick tracks with my main man, DJ Juju. Ha <laughs> what up? Cause he's Jewish. Pfft. Typical Chaz. <laughs> Typical Chaz. Jewish Joke of the Week.
0: This is like pre-YouTube. I mean, YouTube's around, but no one's like going there for like sketch comedy.
2: And no one's uh no one's making a living off YouTube yet. Right. You know, like great YouTube is a thing, but yeah. yeah. So real quick because I was kind of on the other side of the coin there where I was like, "Oh, these guys are so great. You guys eventually got a small deal with Adam." Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that experience. This is like your first deal ever, right? And year, It was know, one
1: kind of like, our earlier deals. Yeah. So we it was probably like our second one, to be honest. So, um Yeah, I think they commissioned us for like, it was either like four or five videos. Mm -hmm. It was like one of our early, my early experience of like getting client notes, which I like wasn't used to. I was used to just doing whatever I wanted and whatever I did was, I just thought was great. And so like the person that we had worked with, he just gave notes as he should have. He gave his opinion on the video because he was paying us money. And we just disagreed with them and we like... The way we literally put it on the phone is that we thought the notes were nitpicky, which is a terrible thing to say. <laughs> I like I don't know. Like I look back and I just shake my head at it. It was such a dumb, ignorant thing to do, and I guess that was just a good lesson. Because I have yet to hear from him since, which makes <laughs> sense. Like why should he reach out to me? I was an asshole, and I was like only like 20 years old or whatever. Right. Um. So. Yeah, I think that made me a little more understanding of that process.
2: I feel like that's just like the perfect lesson to learn at that age, though. You know, like as you're kind of coming up, it's like, you know, you guys were doing weird, goofy stuff. Mm. You know, I feel like there was one that was just like Scott saying hot dogs over and over again and then like being disgusting.
1: (laughs) Uh, right. half of our videos were usually like that it's yeah, just yeah. Like scott playing an insane character that's usually like very disgusting or gross yeah. or showing his butt or something there's like
2: a, it's a there's a tim and eric quality to them a little yes, bit right definitely definitely so yeah that's going to be a thing that people are going to have a hard time figuring out a little bit
1: yeah yeah i mean i think it's fine to definitely like defend your point but i think there's more delicate ways to put it and i essentially like they're the ones that should have the the final say i guess because they are the ones that are paying you for it so defend your point and if they say we don't want to do that then leave it at that i guess at least if you're 20 years old like like (laughs) try to like keep that client in your back pocket because
0: yeah there's there's something about notes though too that it's like if you just give a general response to all notes like oh these notes are bad or these notes are nitpicky or these notes Mm -hmm. like my thing now with notes is I just have to wait a whole day before I respond, because otherwise my first response will be like, these notes are so dumb, we told mm-hmm. you the audio is temp, stop giving us these dumb notes, you know. But I, I like just take a day, I don't like respond at all, and then just like start addressing the notes. And usually, you know, there's a reason for each yeah. note. Yeah. Once
2: you go step by step, they take, make a little bit more sense. But it is easy to take them personally. Oh, You of know, course. like you work so hard, and especially uh-huh. like I'm imagining, it's you and your friends, you know what uh-huh. I mean? So it's like, it's a family business. So I think that it's always a good lesson to learn. So better to learn it at 20 than, you know.
1: Yeah. And it, it, I mean, it's like a ser- like every note is almost like a series of battles. So you want to like pick your battles and be like, right. this I'm more passionate about this one. So I'll really fight for this one. But don't give an overall, I don't like any of these notes, note to the person giving <laughs> <Right>. notes. <laughs> it's um, a good lesson.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you did some shows for Adam and then you were already in LA at this point?
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of lose track of my timeline, but like an earlier thing that I I did as well is that while we were in college, a friend of mine um, had created a short film that we ended up optioning to a production company, Fremantle Media, Hmm. to do... It was like a a Always Sunny meets the Apocalypse type TV pitch. So just moving out here, we like were pitching to Comedy Central and Spike TV and MTV. And again, that was like another like eye-opening experience to the industry and of course you come out of school like i'm going to take this world by the horns kind of thing i'm going to own it and and like seven networks pass on you and you're just like oh like you you don't quite understand it until years later like it made total sense like we went in there (laughs) with three writers that essentially weren't on-camera personalities and then like one actual on-camera personality and i feel like just the pitch process we probably didn't come across as like oh i want to give these four guys a show kind of thing where you have a show like workaholics like they're the writers they're the creators they're they're in the show they come in you know what the show is and it's so much easier to give them a show than give the three writers a show that probably Weren't that funny in the room, <laughs> right? <laughs>
0: and I think those workaholics guys they'd probably pitched more stuff, right? Had more pitching experience, were older, and had made they, like a ton of. I,
2: I actually don't think so. I'm pretty sure that they they were groomed maybe a little bit. Weren't they the more. mail order comedy? They know? were mail or order comedy, but like I think Comedy Central scooped them up pretty quick. Oh, really? Yeah, like the mail order comedy did not have huge views, sort of a broad city sort of situation where it was not like a the huge viral sort of moment. Like I remember very distinctly that same executive uh, showed me a video from mail order comedy and was like, Hey, this guy, this Adam guy is a star Mm -hmm. and you watch that video and you're like, yep. And now they have a TV show. Adam Mm -hmm. Devine. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, I think also there's a little bit of danger in seeing that story and thinking, Oh, that's, um, that's how it has to happen. And otherwise you're Mm -hmm. in trouble. You know what I mean? like, Mm -hmm. Sometimes you luck out and get to get into a room earlier than uh, maybe you're ready for. I think about like all of the opportunities that I messed up all the time.
0: Wouldn't you say like 95% of the people get in a room before they're before ready? They're be ready. Like you can't I get good 99%. at pitching right. until you've, right. you've
2: bombed a few pitches. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And we essentially made a script for our pitch, which was a terrible idea. Oh,
2: oh, I love, I love it when the like a pitch is over rehearsed. It was very, oh, I, I, and
1: I think great. again, it was it was it's because like Shark that Tank. Yeah. it was it was because three of us were not performers and weren't right. used to like selling people on us. We're like, well, we need to like rehearse this, and it. It, it just totally I'm sure it came across very obvious <laughs> That's really. and great. the best guy in the room was Scott the performer of our show because right. he's like just very natural and like he is the best part of that pitch I thought right right that's so interesting
2: well I, I mean I think you've got a very happy ending right like you're going into season two of, of a television show mm-hmm. right yes. you're <laughs> full time at college humor yes you've yeah. got millions and millions of views to your name. So tell us what happened in between those first couple. The bad years, bad and the good
0: years, years, and the good uh, years. Yeah. and I, I guess just <laughs> a I- Part of the, if you can answer also, like, were you making a living as a director? Is that kind of how you were surviving?
1: I didn't start making a living as a director until like two years ago. So before that, it was, I would edit and I would do graphics for money.
0: You were still making videos. You just weren't. Yeah. You're making more money editing than directing. Yeah.
1: I I mean, I I did Magic Hugs probably for two, three years while I was out in LA. And then I eventually kind of split up from that group and I at that time I also reached out to College Humor, which we had a contact at, and I was like, Hey, like I'm looking for directing work if you guys are looking for anybody. And they had just moved their operations out to LA. And uh, they just had like a video that and they're like, Hey, do you want to do it? And did you
0: send them a reel or did they know you at all? Or
1: yes. Uh Sam Reich, the 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 president of, of College Humor, he was a fan of magic hugs and uh, he was he kind of knew like of my work, but I, I don't think I had sent him like a reel or resume. I think at that point we had a decent enough relationship for him to be like, yeah, like let's give this, this guy a shot. So yeah, I was like, I did one video one year, two, three videos the next year Then I left magic hugs. And then that next year I got like a, 10-episode web series for college humor is called Camp. Camp, yeah. yeah. With Thomas Middleditch and Josh Rubin.
2: Before you stand our brave competitors who have volunteered to showcase their skills, I will introduce to you- I've heard enough. You thought you could have the 2K13 archery competition without me, did you, Mitch?
1: Well, I- I- actually, we're still waiting on- you. I
2: don't give a care what we're still waiting on. Next time's gonna be smoother. So, this is my competition. <laughs> What a bunch of limp dicks. And you,
1: I'm going to win the 2K13 archery competition, and then I'm going to eat your mom out right in front of you. And then from there, they started to like call me once or twice a month. Again, I was cool. still just editing and, and doing graphics on the side. And then I think like. And
0: just freelance. Like people just would freelance. call you, hey, we need someone to edit this.
1: I only worked for just, it was only just mainly for a couple people mainly. But I edited a lot of stuff with Joan Rivers for a few years. She had like a mm. web show where she would interview celebrities in her bed. <laughs> I would recommend that to like anybody that wants to be a director. I feel like starting off as like an editor or doing graphics, I feel like they just pay those people a lot of money and you get to just sit in an office and you're not always actually working. Mm -hmm. So you have time to like work on, like prep your side project. So
0: you also see like what footage works and doesn't work, Mm -hmm. which at the end of the day, it's like, I don't know. You know, you're sitting at the monitor and like the script supervisor's like, her shoes are like, you know, are gray and they were black. Like when we shot this scene like a month ago and you're like, dude, first of all, the shoes are never on camera, right?" right? I always talk about this. Like people care about shoes so much. It's like you never see shoes. Well, because you like wait an hour because they have the wrong pair of shoes and it's like they're not they never make it in the shot, you know. But when you're the editor, you kind of realize like what's the bullshit and what's the important stuff Uh on set uh without
2: having to be exposed to like the politics of of those decisions. Yeah, I feel like also it's empowering. It's if you can edit something yourself, then Mm -hmm. then you can probably shoot something yourself too. You know what I mean? Like, so, well, so for
0: someone new that's moving to yeah. L.A. that knows how to direct and edit, would you guys recommend to pay rent and eat and stuff? You should probably start off looking for editing jobs. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. And there's I mean, there's you can go on Craigslist and you can probably find a handful of paid editing jobs out there.
2: I was also going to say, I think with directing at our level, the better the directing gig is, the worse it pays. We make our living on branded content. And like you know the scripted stuff, you know if you figured out like the hourly rate that you were making, it would be abysmal. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just that that that's really where people are following over themselves to to do that work. You know, uh, and I feel like the branded stuff is maybe less sexy, or maybe there's just more of a budget for it. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean the branded stuff obviously there's big, huge corporations, and right, <laughs> are paying peanuts you know for them which is like a lot of money for you right like a million dollars is like nothing for verizon right but it's like a pretty nice budget
1: but i I feel like there's still like some satisfaction you can get from doing branded because you you have you you have the money you have the budget to like play with the toys you can't get on those smaller things so by the time those smaller i guess passion projects turn into like that bigger budget thing then like you know how to use the the motion control rig or how to work with like a steady cam op or that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: um, Yeah. No, I mean, the branded stuff is super satisfying. But I think what you're saying, Matt, is that money wise, yeah, the directors are a little more replaceable sometimes, unless they're also the writer, creator, right, Right. performers. I don't know. For me personally, I always want to get the best editor I can get. Like this guy's, I just know he's like really, really good and he costs twice as much as anyone else. But let's try to get him. Whereas with directors, it's like a little bit more of a gamble on every single project. Yeah.
1: Do you ever try to get? Do you ever try to uh, edit these projects that you're working on?
0: Yeah, all all the
1: time. Yeah, it's tough. Like when you're like when you start off editing, then you move to directing, and then like mm-hmm. letting go of the of this material that you've worked weeks on. I feel like that's like a completely different skill to develop is like how to work with like an editor and, sure. and be efficient with your notes and I mean I feel like sometimes with me that I'm trying to like I'm trying to stop doing this but I'm trying to stop doing this but uh I'll take a rough cut that someone will send me and then I'll bring it into Premiere and Ugh. then I'll and I'll cut it how <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> how at least how I
1: want to do it yeah. and then I don't send them the cut back but then I like oh, apply those notes in note form.
0: I think something else you brought up that to me is like a huge sticking point that I feel like not as many people are passionate about as me is like the sound effects and the sound design and how important that is at the editing process. Because mm-hmm. so many times again, edit and you'll be like, you know, the sound is messed up and they'll be like, oh yeah, well, this is going to like a sound mix, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, but I don't know if this cut works unless I hear the punch and I hear the footsteps right here. Yeah. You know, the slice and the door, because those are all part of what makes like the rhythm of this work and when you're editing it and ignoring sound you know with the exception of dialogue it's i can't tell if the pacing works or not yeah yeah Yeah, yeah. even green screen sometimes it's like the punchline might be in in the green screen you know Mm -hmm. yeah to like a joke and it's hard to tell if it works without just like bringing it into after effects real quick and just putting a different background in to see what it looks like Right. Okay, so then, how did you end up back back to Tim's life? Sure. Mm-hmm. How did you end up uh, going full time at College Humor, and was that like a was that your first full time directing gig?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think they were just they they usually had two staff directors and they had lost one of them, then I think they lost the other one, and so they were looking for just someone to fill that position. And
0: so now you're doing you've done some TV stuff. You did Adam. Uh, four mm-hmm. episodes of Adam everything?
1: I did three last season. And then I also filled in for a sick director and I did like a, a music video for an IFC special. Oh, interesting. That College Humor did. When,
0: how long before the shoot did the director get sick? The day before.
1: So I, I got just got a call at like one o'clock. They're like, hey, this guy's sick. Can you fill in the next day?
0: Oh, we were just talked about that in our last episode. Oh, really? Yeah, because I had, you know, I had a baby born. And actually, my uncle passed away like all within a week of each other. Mm. Yeah, so you got hired the day before the mm-hmm. shoot, and you were not familiar at all with the project.
1: No, but it was kind of like a fun experiment, almost like a twenty-four hour film festival experiment of like, hey, like here's. I mean, this director had done all the legwork. He's like, I hear all the the props you have. Uh, here's all the set design. Here's the location. Here's the song. Here's all the town. Ta- I mean, like everything was literally like laid out. Right. And it was just like you just get to make the shot list now and it was like oh like that was i mean that was so much fun it was i mean it turned out really good like it was like we made our day like we did everything that the director had the previous director had wanted to do that just i probably had a couple different frames differently i mean it was it was a very like rewarding process and then to be like to share credit with them and it was it was i mean it was great
0: Wait, so was there a shot list or anything?
1: No, he, he hadn't made the shot list. There were no storyboards. Uh, it was essentially it was just like one park at Griffith Park that we were going to shoot in. And it was just like, do whatever you want in that park for the 12 hours. And Yeah, and then uh, a similar thing then happened where I was on the opposite end of that, where uh, back in October, there was a college super video where I was going to direct uh, Michelle Obama and Jay Farrow at the White House. Of course was very excited for that I spent like two weeks kind of working on the the song with the Gregory brothers and then and the, how
0: much time did you have what would you have had with Michelle Obama and um,
1: Jay I think we had an hour with her and then we had an extra three or four hours with Jay mm.
0: and, and was, was he playing Barack Obama
1: no he was just playing himself it was about a two-minute song it was just like promoting kids to go to college and get a degree but what had happened with that is that I was that we were going to shoot on a Monday. Uh, that weekend, I was in Portland for a, for a wedding, and um, my flight was from Portland to Chicago, Chicago to DC. Well, I flew from Portland to Chicago, and then when I got to Chicago at like eight PM, I noticed that the only canceled flight for the night was my flight to go to DC. And, like, I went to the front desk. I was like, hey, I need to be in the White House at 6 a.m. <laughs> and she's like, oh, my God. um, Yeah, like, I'll try to help you out. And there was, like, literally no possible way, even if I was to f- fly to one place, take a train to D.C., fly to another place, take a, a – rent a car. Like, there was literally no possible way to get there within – the eight-hour window I had. But the good thing is the the, the producer who had went, he was uh, he's the vice president of College Humor, Spencer uh, Griffin. He was flying and going to the shoot. And um, because
2: he didn't go to the wedding, he was on a different flight.
1: Exactly, yeah. And I had made a, uh, a shot list, uh, like a detailed shot list of like this shot with this prop with this type of VFX shot. For this specific line.
2: And I imagine because it's with the White House, you have to do even more prep than you normally would.
1: Yeah, yeah. They it, to it wasn't approve as, everything? Yeah, I, I guess there was like, we did have to approve all the visual gags that she was going to be doing. But it really wasn't as bad as I had thought, but just because mm-hmm. the creative I and mean, the song kind of dictates like everything we were doing mostly. And I, it seemed like a lot of that approval stuff happened before I kind of even mm-hmm. got into to it. So it really wasn't. It wasn't that stressful going going into it. Um, so just from uh, my flight was canceled. I was stranded in O'Hare Airport and I was basically walking Spencer through the shot list of like, this is the type of frame I was going for.
0: And what do you mean? Like you'd be like, I was imagining like a, like a wide shot or like a yeah, two shot? Yeah, just like or this or was like going to a... be
1: like a profile two shot and Jay Farrell was going to pop up in the middle of them and say his line directly in the camera, like that kind of stuff.
0: Okay. And do you talk about lighting or anything like that or the location? No,
1: just since we had so little time, it was literally just like throw up the keynote. And it was so it was Mm -hmm. was me so run and gun that the the visual style wasn't as important as just making sure we got all the pieces Mm -hmm. within the three hour window we had. Yeah. So essentially I didn't go. I just just flew back the next day back to L.A. and. But everything seemed to go very smoothly on the, the shooting, and it yeah. turned out great. The video Spencer yeah. directed it. Spencer directed it, yeah. yeah.
2: Co. I, would you say co-directed?
1: I guess, because I, yeah. I mean, I, in this the same situation of that music video that right. I had done for the IFC, like I, I shared uh, directing credit with the other director and so we kind of did the same for this one. And I still kind of came in like on the post end mm-hmm. and like, I guess, directed all that. I mean, right. just like doing all the vfx stuff for the for what we did it was it was such a bummer because i was like of course it was like i was gonna go to the white house like i just wanted to know like what that experience was just going to be like and i was o'hare is like very close to where i live so i essentially got to like see my mom for the day which was mm-hmm. my like little <laughs> <Right>. consolation prize <laughs> right. and so i'm like sitting in like an italian restaurant with my mom and my grandparents my grandparents but are arguing about what kind of should they get red sauce or white sauce with their spaghetti and I'm like I should be in the White House literally right now and I'm listening to this was there like a <laughs>
0: tiny tiny bit of like relief which is like <sighs> I don't have to stress about yeah, my yeah. one hour with Michelle Obama
1: for the most part I was like bummed I couldn't do it I mean like I was stressed about I was like how are we actually going to do all of Michelle Obama's stuff within one hour and then right. all J stuff within like another it was all the stress came from time and not right. like I guess the stakes of it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so i guess there was a little bit of relief for that but like i I felt like i was kind of stranding like the 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 crew and spencer a little bit so i i felt bad about that but i mean it it all like worked out fine so i think it played out exactly as it should have
0: oh and did michelle obama have to watch your reel before accepting you as the director
1: i don't think so i'm sure like her people had to approve it but i don't think I don't think she watched my stuff.
2: Well, this is a perfect segue because I think listeners may recognize Tim's name. I, I, maybe I haven't talked about it on the podcast. Well, you mentioned his reel is like insane, right? Tim's reel is my favorite reel of all time. Tim, walk us through the concept of your reel.
1: Yeah, so my the concept for my reel is like the Oscars. They always do like the in, in memoriam segments where they, it plays like this very elegant music with with like just kind of slow fades of like people's faces that had passed that year. And so I had done that, but saying that what we were remembering was my real that year, but it it always sort of like you've died. Yeah. Sort of like I died, but I say my real only lived from 2014 and died in 2014. That was like the idea of it. And then, so I would show like very silly, bizarre clips of just, things from from my work and then I would then show a picture in picture of people at the Oscars like clapping or laughing or like crying or being emotional.
2: But but you used that year's Oscars. So like does George Clooney somebody famous like George Clooney was the one
1: was the one that started it and he's like, We thank you for the memories. And then it cuts to like a title card that says Tim Wilkerson's Directing Reel 2014 to 2014. And then we kind of go into my reel of, like, it's, like, this very, like, epic, like, orchestral music kind of playing along, like, Thomas Middleditch ripping a kid's head off during a soccer game. Or, like, my mom saying F you to, like, my friend or something like
0: that. And so do you have any scenes, like, an entire scene play out?
1: Yeah, so, like, I think the way, like, I structure my reel is that there would be, like, little scenes that are, like, 10, ten seconds long. I just, I tried to find, like, the punchiest 10-second scenes of, mm-hmm. of, like four or five different projects and then it ends with like a montage of like my most ridiculous b-roll yeah and funny stuff
2: yeah Yeah. i feel like that to me is the perfect example of like when you're a comedy director you end up either doing the like standard reel of like funny Mm -hmm. montage couple scenes funny montage out right Mm -hmm. fast music in between or like a bit more of a concept to it, right? right. So, like Paul Berganti, yeah, yeah, also. Paul's got that, and then uh, somebody else that you, oh, Ian, Pfaff. Yeah, Ian S- Faff, yeah, my motherfucking
0: reel. Have you seen that? He directs, but he also animates, and mm-hmm. he has like him on like the Tonight Show or something, telling whoever's interviewing him, like, dude, just stop talking to me. I'll just play my motherfucking reel, and then his whole reel is like a song of him talking about all his skills. He's like, I I do VFX, I do FX, I do <laughs> slow boring shots, I do long dolly shots. But it's, like, done really well.
1: Right, that's funny.
0: So are you worried that it's 2016 now? You have all this great footage that's not on your
1: yeah, reel? Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to, like, think of another idea like that. And mm-hmm. I have an idea in mind, but I have to get, like, a lot of celebrities involved with it. <laughs> like surreal? <laughs> I mean, like, by celebrities, I mean, like, people that I've worked with that are, like, kind of, like, names and, like, Famous known enough. faces. It's not, yeah, yeah. like... George Clooney or Brad sure. Pitt but like
0: right Thomas Middleditch
1: Thomas Middleditch Randall Park like those kind of people where I'm basically like forcing them to like introduce my top 10 clips oh, um, and like at first they're like they would all be like sitting down and just it's like a very traditional like junket setup and eventually like people are kind of like breaking and like it's it's obvious that they're doing this against their will or like they're clearly <laughs> don't want to do this and then it right. cuts to like phone footage of me like going up to thomas's door knocking on the door and him opening it and me base telling him to like say this thing introducing my next clip right and then it ends with my mom because no one else wants to help me
0: but you basically would have to shoot a bunch of stuff for this
1: yeah 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 yeah
0: yeah to me it's like i can't even like carve out one day to edit my reel i don't want yeah, to shoot stuff to- <laughs> for it or work on it it's like Oh, you know, my friend wants to have lunch today. Mm-hmm. Why would I
2: edit my reel when I can be having lunch with a friend? Right, right. I feel like every single job is the one that I have to wait for because the footage is going to be so good, and yeah. it would be stupid to recut my reel now because this uh-huh. next thing, once it comes out,
1: right, it's That's going to why change I have the freaking game.
2: DP's reels—they just change out shots. Yeah, yeah. So, I
1: mean, so I was thinking about doing that with with my reel, but I don't know. I just. I, since I have this new concept, and in, in, right, in, it's in a great mind, concept, I, I kinda, awesome. like, I just want to go for that once I have, like,
0: but how do you budget your time for that?
1: Um, I don't know, like, I'm you still, say I'm, still I'm finding... gonna do that in
0: April. And just carve out like a yeah.
1: Week. I mean, I still I'm still trying to figure out if I actually want to use those favors from mm-hmm. cele- celebrities just for my <laughs> reel, or should I save it for the short film I want to do? Right. So, May- maybe <laughs> maybe the short film.
2: Maybe the short film, and then like throw the reel te- on like like uh, on set, uh, on like set afterwards. Maybe, yeah. yeah, that's
1: kind of like what I am thinking. Yeah. So. Yeah. So
0: you have a short film you want to do also?
1: Yeah, there's there's a short that I want to do before I start. Adam ruins everything that. Um, I've been, I've been trying to do a short film for years, but what I realized is just like I'm not a writer. I don't enjoy oh, writing that much. And so now I'm like reaching out to writers that I do know and, and basically like either developing ideas with them or kind of pitching them ideas that I've been trying to write but just mm-hmm. can't like hammer out. And so there's this one idea that a friend and writer, he's writing something right now that I kind of pitched to him.
0: And then you guys, it's just for free. Like it's a passion project, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to, since I'm leaving College Humor and I'm going DJ and I'm doing this like one show, I'm trying to like have a plan of like, well, how do I get the next show after Mm -hmm. that? Because I don't work on any other, like I don't have that many connections outside of College Humor. So it's kind of like a way to put myself out there if I can like get into like a big festival.
2: Well, and I think, you know, I think about this all the time. We talk about it on the podcast all the time there's that thing of um you know if you just have a bunch of commercials on your reel then you're only a commercial director mm-hmm. right or w- whatever that thing is mm-hmm. sketch or, or whatever so like you have to do the short films every once in a while just to like stretch your wings a little bit and show people that you can do something else right. and different you know mm-hmm. well, is your short uh comedy
1: it's like a dark comedy but but, it,
2: but it's i'm sure but it's in it's, the, it's not in sketchy the same way
1: yeah 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 it's it's like very it's it's Supposed to be a lot more dramatic than it is a comedy.
2: You
0: know, Ten Cloverfield Lane. Sure. Yeah. yeah. That was like his first movie. He directed that short portal. You know, from the game, like the portal gun where you shoot like oh, two yeah. holes. Uh huh. And you jump into one and come out of the other one.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I love um, that game. Yeah. So he just made this really awesome short film, and he got a freaking J.J. Abrams film.
1: That's awesome. Well, and, he knocked out of the park. Yeah. Oh
0: well, that's good now. Yeah. yeah, and so it's like that to me. That's like the short. Like why you would make the short is to show people that you could mm-hmm. do this thing,
1: right? Right. I mean, it is and it, a way and to it like it
0: needs to be different than the other stuff you've done. Otherwise, why not just cut a reel?
1: Right. I think it's like a way to like sell myself, then to like producers or financiers for like a feature that I would want to do down the road.
0: And would the feature be related to the short? Or?
1: No, no. I mean, it's a way to just to like keep my skills sharp, I guess, mm-hmm. and also to like prove it to, I guess, investors of like, hey, like this this guy that has just done sketches can do more than sketches and the show
0: you just did for youtube Red Mm -hmm. is that's not sketches right no
1: it's they're like 10 minute episodic like black mirror it's like a black mirror anthology called bad internet
0: (laughs) and is each episode uh totally different than? Mm -hmm.
1: yep totally different ideas um different worlds some some take place currently some take place like in the year 3000
2: well listen there is one other thing I really want to talk to you about Tim. Mm-hmm. And that's your Tim Wilkerson to direct a Kentucky Fried Chicken commercial campaign.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, yes. You told me about this.
2: I'm obsessed with it. I think it's the funniest thing. So, just kind of give listeners who aren't familiar with mm-hmm. the the groundbreaking campaign to
1: <laughs> the groundbreaking. Yeah, that only 2,000 people have watched on Vimeo. <laughs> <Sure. laughs> yeah, I mean, it was just something I kind of did for fun. To, and, and it, friend, okay, so yeah. so it was it all stemmed from like, I actually find like the KFC commercials with like Norm McDonald and, and, uh, and, uh, Jim Gaffigan, like I find them funny. And I like made a post one night on Facebook being like, Hey, like I want to direct a Kentucky fried chicken commercial, make it happen in a week, everyone. And then like, I went to, I, I tried to go to bed that night. And then I had this idea for like, well, what if I, like, I spent one week and like went just fucking crazy with this idea, and like tried to campaign and convince KFC to let me direct a commercial for them. And so, so
2: so the next day you start this campaign. The,
1: no, this next day was Sunday. I started. I technically started the campaign on, on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I had, it's Sunday so you had a, you
2: had a day of prep, but basically the idea struck you based off of a stupid joke,
1: mm-hmm. and mm-hmm.
2: then you were like, "Let me think about this." And then the, by the next morning, you were launching this. Yes. Yeah.
1: I wanted to like start it small to, and kind of surprise people of like how far I was going to take this. So like each day I essentially like did like I tried to like one up what I did each day. So the first day was just like I made a video in my car while driving saying like, hey, I'm going to do this campaign. Uh, people can hashtag Tim Wilkerson to direct a Kentucky Fried Chicken commercial. That'd be great. And I was trying to like. And get-
0: you don't think hashtag Tim Wilkerson to, to direct a KFC commercial would have been easier?
1: No, 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 no! I want—that's no. a joke, what, man. Yeah, not, <laughs> the, joke, the joke is they're call, actually called KFC, and I never wanted to call them that. <laughs> Okay. I didn't want to give them the satisfaction.
0: That was like, you know, a brand, like a rebranding. Yeah. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. I also just think Kentucky Fried Chicken is just a funny thing to say. So I was like, I'm going to always say that.
2: That's yeah. like, a, that was like a rule. And the whole time it's as deadpan as you yes. can be. Yes. For sure.
1: I want to be as serious as, po- I want to take it as serious. And this
0: as is po- while you're working full time at College Humor? Yes. Right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's not like while, it's it while I'm like out. working
1: at College Humor, while I'm like planning for like a wedding. Like it was a very busy week for Your me. Your wedding? Yes.
0: Yeah. Oh, did that happen?
1: Uh, I'm getting married in October, but it was like a busy week of like getting like the invitations. Cakes and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. October. Like I,
1: I, I actually I made the first video while driving back from planning out our menu to kind of give it more context.
0: Most couples don't make it past that. (laughs) (laughs) that
1: Hey everyone, it's Tim Wilkerson. Uh, As some of you might have known, this weekend I was posting about really wanting to direct a Kentucky Fried Chicken commercial uh, with Norm Macdonald. And I ended up finding out that Norm McDonald's no longer the Colonel. It is now Jim Gaffigan. And Kentucky Fried Chicken aired a new commercial during the Super Bowl with Jim Gaffigan as the Colonel. And, I mean, I still thought it was really good. I was really into it. I thought it was super funny. So, yeah, I still I still want to do this.
0: And where do you post it, just on your own personal? I I,
1: I posted, I mainly posted on Facebook just because I think that was my biggest audience as far as like subscribers or Mm -hmm. friends, my friends, I'm calling my subscribers now. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And then I knew the next day I wanted to launch a website with pictures of me and I wanted to dress like the Colonel, but I was like, I I didn't have an outfit. I had like, I I just wasn't sure how I was going to make that happen within one day. But I just kind of got lucky that I reached out to uh, a costume designer, a name of Alicia Silverstein, and she. um, Not only did she have the tie, she had the full white suit, and so I went picked that up one that night. And then I got like white spray paint and spray painted my hair white. My fiance had the glasses. uh, Wait, is this
0: just normal spray paint from like Home Depot, or was it (laughs) special (laughs) for your hair? Sorry, it's
1: it's like hair spray paint. Okay, (laughs) okay. No, no, no. no. Yeah, I'm not that dumb. (laughs) <laughs> um, and then I made I, I just did a photo shoot of me dressed up as Colonel Sanders.
0: And who was the photographer?
1: Uh, my fiance. We just okay. shot it in our, our bedroom. She had like a a, a white backdrop? roll. Yeah. Oh cool. And then I bought the domain, Tim Wilkerson, to direct a Kentucky Fried Chicken That wasn't taken. Not taken, surprisingly. Okay. That was that was available. <laughs> so I, the next day I launched the website and I made like a Kickstarter type video. That's just like me, it's just like voiceover of me saying like, ever since I was a young kid growing up in the suburbs of Chicago, I've always wanted to make movies. So directing a commercial for Kentucky Fried Chicken would be a dream come true. And then I showed like clips from things I had done, like Adam Ruins Everything, The I, I used the, uh, the Michelle Obama music video. Sure, sure. If Google was a guy. Uh, yeah, so I just tried to like prove myself as being somewhat legitimate. While still coming across as kind of desperate and pathetic, right? <laughs> so that was the second day. The third day, I kind of started the day off with like another video I shot in my car, and uh, I just just like, on your iPhone? Yeah, I just I have like a dock in my car, so I just set it in the dock, and I just film myself literally while driving to work.
2: And at this point, people horizontal are or vertical?
1: Vertical. <laughs> it has to be vertical. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, with the rear, with the front-facing camera and your camera, and
2: you're wow. using you your your mic is like the the. It actually doesn't thing, even right? use that mic. I realize. Oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it still just uses the the regular phone mic. <laughs> oh
2: wow! So okay. I was just like,
1: I'm gonna keep doing this though for some reason.
2: But and at this point, people are playing along, right? Like people, like yeah, you're getting so, like so a solid bit of encouragement. From a little friend, bit. Tuesday, right? there
1: were still like some people, yeah, yeah. involved, but uh, it wasn't that big yet. And even the biggest I got wasn't that big. But uh, by Wednesday morning, I posted a video saying, Hey, show your support, make a video showing your support for me. And the whole time I was telling people to like tweet at the ad agency that does the Kentucky Fried Chicken commercials into like, Which tweet agency at is that? in Kennedy. So I was just trying to get people to like bombard them. And I was bombarding them with like multiple tweets like, Hey, like, can I do this? Like, I do a great job. I was also like, And the interesting
0: thing is, like, I've been in ad agencies. Twitter feed is not super popular.
1: Yeah, they only have, like, 7,000 or something. It wasn't that big. Yeah, so
0: people are probably reading these tweets. Yeah, there's definitely an intern who's read those tweets, for sure.
1: Yeah, I, I, I know, like, multiple friends who had, like, sent the website and the first kickstarter video directly to people that worked at the company so i'm absolutely positive they had watched it and were aware of it but i had yet to hear back from them
0: just on a side note you know i've done all this work for quiznos i do know for a fact that quiznos does read everything tweeted at them and if somebody did say hey you guys should consider this director for a commercial i bet they would bring it up to the agency as crazy as the idea sounds it's i don't think it's like that far-fetched it's not
2: that crazy at comedy central I would see they would use like in their weekly meetings, you'd see tweets from fans in the pitch deck of like, Hey, we had a really great roast or whatever. Like, you know, they'll they'll use they'll screenshot a couple to be like, Hey, look, like, you know, Jeremy from Canada thinks it says L O L the Trump roast or whatever. Our
0: agency real
2: that does the Quiznos stuff had a bunch of tweets
0: in it, in the case study, like, look at how much people love us, <laughs> you know? yeah. Look at these tweets, but anyway, okay, so go That's on. So, funny. so everyone's tweeting at Wyden Kennedy, and you're making your third video that you're encouraging other people I'm, to I make I'm videos. I'm encouraging other
1: people to make videos. Do you tell and them
0: what to put in those videos?
1: I just um, t- told them to say something nice about me and to, <laughs> to post it online, or send it to me and I'll post it. And uh, just make sure to use the hashtag Tim Holkerson to direct a Kentucky Fried Chicken commercial. So I, like I had reached out to a couple people beforehand of like, hey, can you make a video for me? So that way, like on Wednesday, I can post like six videos right away, and then hopefully other people would follow. Right, and that's kind of like what ended up happening. Where I had like, I like reached out to Randall Park and Adam Conover and like my my brother, my mom. <laughs> I just had like I probably reached out to like ten people to like make all just
0: like it. on their iPhone.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was it like, just make it on your phone, iPhone? Do it while you're at work. While well, one of my friends made it while well, like literally in the bathroom. And so then, like, on Wednesday, like, I made this video saying, like, hey, like, please make this video. And then, like, an hour later, I was like, I got my first video, even though, like, I had yeah, it, like, right. the night before. And then, like, every 15 minutes, I posted, like, a new video. Be like, oh, my God, like, someone else, like, Randall Park now supports me. This is right. amazing. <laughs> and then, like, people actually, like, caught on. And, like, I think in, uh, overall I had, like, probably 30 to 40 videos maybe. Wow. people like, showing And all people support- that knew you. Yeah. There was, I th- there was only, like, one or two, like. People I, I've literally never even seen. Mm-hmm. And at that was that was like I thought that was like the coolest part was like just seeing strangers like showing support for me for some reason.
2: Well, I, I think that one of the things that I love so much about this project is that it's fun to participate and like everyone loves being in on the joke. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think you know, it doesn't surprise me at all that like once people saw a couple of videos, they were yeah. excited but, to post but, them. Yeah, there's know.
0: been like jokes that people are so in on that they end up like. Do you remember when Conan O'Brien, when he had his late night show, wanted to petition whoever it was to bring Dirty Dancing back into movie theaters mm-hmm. in like no. 2012 no. or something? Mm-hmm. And they released it. They didn't. They re-released it for like two weeks because. All these people were writing in because Conan O'Brien kept telling them to That's do it. hilarious. So I feel like it's like those jokes. I mean, if you just look at our presidential election, it seems like it's the <laughs> yeah. same thing, right? Like <laughs> what seemed so ridiculous to people is now the Anything real thing. Anything
1: is possible with Twitter and Facebook. Right. It's right. kind of true.
0: Anyway, I'm dying um, to know if you got to direct this commercial. So keep going.
1: Okay. So, so um, day four. Day four. Day four, um, no one had reached out to me, but I was expecting that. <laughs> but I posted like a very passive-aggressive video, being like, "Hey, like it's day four. I'm kind of surprised no one has reached out to me from Wyden, Kennedy, Ken- Kentucky Fried Chicken."
0: This is I, on your Facebook page.
1: Yeah, I I made another video while driving to work. Yeah, and I was like, I, I do want I want to make sure that they know like this is only a five-day campaign. So after tomorrow, I will not be accepting any offers. <laughs> so um, yeah, just I, I just want to let you know like the window is closing. And, um, and and I had planned that day, I, I was like, you know, and, and because of this, I'm going to, I need to step it up. So I'm going to go to a Kentucky Fried Chicken and live stream on Facebook, like me passing out flyers to people at the, like the cashier and like just customers. And so that at lunch, I it was like a busy week for me doing that YouTube Red show. So I was like literally in the middle <laughs> of a like edit session and I was like, I'm sorry, I, I have to go do this Kentucky fried chicken but,
2: thing. But also a lot of college junior people were, they were all very like, supportive, like having it. a good time. So with they were it like, too? they were yeah, like, yeah.
1: Cr- they were totally cool with it. Yeah. Even though like we had a cut due that day, I think like to YouTube or something. I was like, I, I gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm doing this weird yeah. <laughs> performance art thing. I'll be back. <laughs> yeah.
1: And so I went to Kentucky fried chicken. I printed out yourself. By myself, uh, I live stream with my phone for like- Through
2: the Facebook
0: app?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. It's very easy, actually. It's, it's great. And um, I printed off seven flyers <laughs> that I actually- my ink was actually out in my printer and so like it barely printed through and i was like this is perfect <laughs> yeah. um and and i and it, you it, designed
0: it, this flyer in like microsoft word or something? oh it was just
1: it was just a picture of me from my photo shoot and then i had tim wilkerson to direct a kentucky fried chicken on the top but literally since there was no black ink that didn't print at all <laughs> so i had to write it in red sharpie on every single flyer <laughs> and, I, and then i went to kentucky fried chicken and i like i only passed it out to like two or three people and like no one else was showing up and they're yet. like
2: what, what what are you talking about yeah like, yeah they're just a cashew but they're yeah. all like
1: very like so nice and supportive i was like oh, okay. if you can send this to your manager like that'd be like a big help um trying to direct a sing for kentucky fried chicken and did like, they okay. know
0: they were being live streamed
1: no because i was mainly like filming myself i, I wasn't like pointing it at them I, they, they weren't uncomfortable by it at all more by me approaching them <laughs> than like like my phone right and, and then find like a big group of people came and like I passed it out to I got rid of all seven flyers and (laughs) like I had like little conversations with a few of them and most of the time I was just talking about Randall Park supporting me (laughs) hey hey man uh actually I don't want any chicken uh I'm just I'm doing a campaign where I'm trying to direct a Kentucky Fried Chicken commercial uh have you seen those ones with like Norm MacDonald yeah yeah yeah. so they got Jim Gaffigan is now the the uh the the current the colonel so I'm trying to just like spread the word. I'm a director. I do comedy. Uh, so I've made these flyers uh, that I'm gonna just pass out to people. If you want to just take one, uh, I ran out of black ink, so I had to uh, write it. Sure. But but the, yeah, that's the website: Tim Wilkerson to direct a Kentucky Fried Chicken commercial. dot okay. com, and I got the whole campaign on there. So. Yeah, if you want to share with like the manager or whoever, that would be awesome. And then that was it. And I on my drive back, I actually got an email from a a news station in Kentucky, in Louisville, Kentucky, which I had I reached out to. I reached out to probably ten different news stations around the country and I was gonna like fly anywhere for this. And they're like, Hey, we'd love to have you on the show tomorrow morning at seven AM. Can you make it? And it was probably like four PM in in LA. I got back to the office at college. I can't
0: make it to Washington, D.C. in eight (laughs) hours. How am I going to make it to Louisville, Kentucky?
1: Yeah, I was trying to figure out actually how to logistically get there in time. And so I, I was. I was either going to like ride on a a, a UPS cargo plane. <laughs> Wait, you can do <laughs> which, that? Which you, which you can do that if you're a pilot, which my, my friend told me. <laughs> so I, I think ca- pilot My, my friend told me that anyone can do it. So I called up UPS. I was like, hey, can I do a, a jump flight? Which is like, right. you can ride with the cargo. And she's like, okay, are you a pilot? No. Are you a UPS member? No. So you're just a passenger? Yes. Okay, well, we can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, can you make an exception? I need to be on a TV show at 7 a.m. And she's like, no. And so I was like, all right. So then my next thing is I was trying to ask people if they knew anyone with a private jet to fly me. That proved unsuccessful. <laughs> um, and then someone, uh, just someone that was kind of following the campaign this week, Facebook means she said, hey, there's one flight leaving from LAX. It's is Southwest uh, Airlines flight, blah, blah, blah. And it will get you to Indianapolis, which you could then rent a car and drive and get to Louisville in time. And so I bought that flight at the office at College Humor. The flight then was leaving like an hour and a half later. So I drove right to the airport.
0: <laughs> Your fiance is she is she in on the joke. Or is she, like, she understood the joke, yeah, are but are she, I don't think going. she
1: like knew what was really going on uh that day cuz she was on set cuz she also she's a production designer. Hmm. And so I'm like live live streaming on my phone driving to the airport. I'm like, "Hey, can someone let my my fiance Madeline know like I'm not coming home tonight. I'm going to Kentucky, <laughs> and <laughs> a lot of people like texted her, and she was like, "Oh, that was so like nice that so many people like cared to like tell me what was going on with you." You didn't want Did- to text her yourself. Well, I didn't want to end the live stream. Oh oh oh! I so I was sure. I, again. I was driving, and I was just live streaming for about an hour and forty five minutes from College Humor's offices to like the terminal at uh, Southwest Airlines. Like oh wow, it was like an uninterrupted. Live stream
2: and your phone is char- being charged. In it's your being car. charged
1: yet as I was driving.
2: So you had this idea less than a week ago. At this point, yeah, yeah. And you're about to get married. hmm And you're in the middle of production it, on like a. You're 20, on a, on a big show. Big okay? show. Yeah. And you're like, I'm gonna stick this joke. Yeah. Right? Like I, re- I'm committing to this joke. At any point when you're flying to Kentucky, where you're like, oh, maybe I've gone too far with this.
1: No, I was. It was almost like a drug trip in a way. Where I was like, "This is so bizarre." I was like, "I don't know, like, what's real and what's not anymore." Because like, it, it was. It was a bit, but I'm like, clearly doing. Like, I'm. I'm taking it right. yeah. too some far. Point, it's yeah. not a
0: joke. It's like that yeah. Kurt Vonnegut book mother night Have you guys read that no no it's about how if you pretend to become something for long enough you like
2: become that thing yeah 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 well, well like, you were running a campaign to direct yeah. the kentucky red it, chicken it was well. like
1: very weird where uh, it was almost confusing of like how i actually felt about this because i was like i could actually get this baby and like another part of me was just like just stick just stick the landing on this on this <laughs> joke essentially <laughs> So yeah, I flew to Indianapolis. Got there at like twelve at midnight. I drove all the way in the middle of the night to Louisville. I slept for like two hours in like a hotel. I got up. I did this interview. That uh, that was like the end of what I thought the documentary was going to be. And uh, wait, you
0: so you
2: were planning on editing all this into something?
1: Yes, yes. I was planning on making like a documentary about my experience.
2: And at what point did you decide that that was going to be part of it? Was that early I think on? From the beginning, yeah. I think
1: I was like. I'm going to like make an overall, like uh, I was, it was a wrap up video. That was it was going to mm-hmm. be a rapid video just about my experience in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. But as the week progressed, I was like, I have so much good material. I feel like I can make something like kind of so long. So were you recording this.
0: yourself aside from the live streams?
1: Not and- really, but I had recorded so much of me talking to camera for the actual videos I had posted. And then I had so much material that other people had made supporting mm-hmm. me. And I actually was recording like my phone calls that week.
2: How do you do that? <laughs>
1: There's a great app called Tape a Call. It's only 10 bucks, and you can record any conversation without the other person knowing.
2: Oh, my goodness.
1: <laughs> Which is very legal. Yeah,
2: that is legal in California. Legal in Nevada, though. Wait, okay. illegal or illegal? Illegal. illegal. In California. Yeah. In California. If you yeah. tell them that you're recording, yeah. then right, it's fine. Then it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so, so, to... so
1: I go to Kentucky. I do this new show. I...
2: How long are
0: you on the air for?
1: Uh, six minutes. Oh. Six minutes. That's yeah. a long time. Yeah. I think it, it was, it was it's, like five. It's like
2: a morning, you know, yeah, local they needed, show. They
1: needed yeah. time to fill.
2: Yeah. And yeah. Then, it, was like, it was like kittens were on before you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: I think it was like Valentine's Day weekend. Yeah. So like they were like, adopt a kitten for your Valentine. <laughs> and they're like, up next is this guy trying to direct a Kentucky Fried Chicken commercial. <laughs> and they're like, we don't know if we're being punk, but we're going to talk to him anyway. And right? like yeah. so,
2: so strung out at this point, too. You haven't like, left like, much. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I was actually, I was totally awake. I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> I can't wait to get on air and like talk about this s- stupid thing. Wait,
0: so okay. So what did they ask you?
1: They're like, why do you like what, what? Why are you obsessed with this? Do you like love the chicken? And <laughs> a- another rule to like this campaign was like, I'm only going to call them Kentucky Fried Chicken and I'm never going to promote their product. And so I, whenever that question was asked, I was like, no, I don't actually, I don't really eat Kentucky Fried Chicken that much. I just think their commercials are are funny, and they like asked me about like what my credentials were, like what it's like working for College Humor.
0: Did they show your reel or anything?
1: They showed, they showed my on that that first news show. They showed my uh, my video. Kickstarter video, mm. and they were like very su- supportive. They're like, oh, you should go to the Colonel Sanders uh, uh, gravestone. Right. Uh, after this. And then I was like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's how I'm going to end this documentary. So I drove, right after the interview, I drove to where Colonel Sanders was buried. In Kentucky? In Kentucky, in Louisville. And, um, I just kind of feel myself like giving like an inspirational speech to camera for this. I was like, this seems like an appropriate place to like end this. And it was, it was like snowing. It was like so beautiful and like dramatic. It was it, like everything worked out so perfectly for this. And then while I was at the 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 cemetery, I got a phone call from another news station two hours away in Bowling Green saying, hey, a chef canceled on our show. Would you like to come and fill in for. for- and that's in
0: Indiana. right? No, this was Bowling- still in
1: Kentucky, but it was two Bowling hours Green, away. Bowling Green Kentucky. Yeah. Okay. And she's and I was I like, oh, I was like, when you need me on air in two hours. And I was like, how long does it take to drive there? And she's like, two hours. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> and I had to, while I was driving to Bowling Green, I was canceling my departing flight from Indianapolis and I moved it to Nashville so I could then do this extra interview. And I, I live streamed the whole drive down. Again, just like talking to people on like Facebook that were like watching. At that point, like people were like, some people were like were very inve- invested and were like, uh, totally like involved with like the live stream and like, like talking to me and like if there was something I needed to know they would like look it up for me and I was like <laughs> I'm at this exit how much longer is it to the studio and right, someone right. would look it up and be like about like forty five minutes they would text you they would just tell me in the live stream
0: oh they can talk to you
1: yeah yeah you can like you can you you essentially see yourself and then you see like messages pop up oh cool so it's kind of right. like Periscope. Okay. And then I got to the studio like five minutes before I was going to get on air.
0: And is the live stream being recorded anywhere?
1: Yes. Yeah, so when you finish the live stream, it, it saves it to Facebook. So anyone can still go on my Facebook and watch it. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And so I got into the studio and I sat down, and, and the woman that was going to interview me said, I don't know if you know this, but Kentucky Fried Chicken's trying to get a hold of you. They want you to come by their headquarters, which I didn't even know this was in Louisville. <laughs> 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 I went to Kentucky as a joke thinking that Kentucky Fried Chicken was from Kentucky, and they're actually, they are from Kentucky.
0: Well, I guess sure, at least,
1: least surprising thing. Yeah. But also so that
2: they reach out to you is pretty yeah. crazy.
1: Yeah, so there was a voicemail on my phone, yeah. but essentially I told the woman, I was like, hey, can you tell me that on air, and I'll pretend like it's the first time mm-hmm. I'm hearing this news. And... um I personally thought I gave like a great reaction to it, but like a lot of my friends were like, "You did nothing when she told you that. You just had your finger in your ear the whole time." And like, I just I thought I was. Wait, I don't did know. you
0: have your finger in your ear? I was
1: itching my ear. Oh,
0: uh.
1: I was trying to show that I was nervous. So I was like itching myself. But okay. So, anyways, I finished that interview, and then I drove two hours back to Louisville, canceled my Nashville flight, moved it back to Indianapolis, and then I got this tour of the kentucky fried chicken facility
0: wait so what did they say when you got there to the kentucky fried chicken facility they they were like like oh we're, my, we like, love oh, what you're doing yeah
1: you've been doing these great interviews we love how passionate you are about kentucky fried chicken like you're such a super fan and like i and i was taping everything like on my phone they they knew i was filming everything right. but i didn't uh, like i didn't want to like mess with them or like fuck with them sure. too much. Like I like it was very nice that they showed me around.
2: And it's kind of not really in the voice of the joke. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like yeah, the joke, yeah. joke is mean. kind of yeah. on yeah. you sort of or like it's not like Nathan
0: for you as much as like
1: Yeah, as like, I mean I, I guess it's it's definitely more on me and just like how willing I am to take this double Yeah, yeah. it's like an down. endurance contest yeah. in a sense. Yeah. yeah. Right? So I yeah. mean like you gave me like a very like Run-in-the-mill tour of their facility and talked about how like health conscious they are at K- KFC and showed me their like great workout facility and then brought me to like the Colonel Sanders Museum and talked about Colonel Sanders for a while and I thought I was getting this like great private tour of their facility and then he was like yeah anyone can come in and get a tour whenever they want I was like cool <laughs> good thing I <laughs> he drove, just drove two hours yeah. yeah and then it just ended with him being like hey like I don't think we can give you one of those big commercials. And they kind of teased, like they actually were going to offer me a commercial, because they tweeted me, like pr- they direct message tweeted me and said, "Hey, if you want to, le- if you want to direct the kernel, you need to know more about the kernel. Mm. Get back to me." Essentially, mm. is what they said. Nice so, move. Can't yeah, see. so I was like, interesting. I was like, this actually could work. But yeah, so they ended saying like. Uh, we can't give you a commercial, but we'll consider you for like internal videos and like <laughs> branded projects.
2: And, uh, well, branded projects could be good.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it was exactly what I hoped was going right, to happen. Right,
2: right. It's that, uh, almost it, worse well, if you end up getting one no, of those. No, it's not. Spot. worse. <laughs> I, I, I <laughs> think at that sake point, of
1: the point, For the sake of the Either circumstance, either yeah. ending was going to be. I, I yeah, knew yeah. what either ending was going to be at that point. Yeah, right. So I think that I, I felt good about that. Yeah. And um, yeah, I drove flow flew home and then i made yeah i made a 20 minute documentary about the whole experience and i did like a screening at a at the downtown independent and like some people came out to it and then i posted it online the next day and yeah, people so seem to respond really well to it
2: we'll make sure to post that uh, yeah. on the website and so is it done
1: it's done i mean i i, I um the college Humor is like very excited about how the video ended up and so they're like we could actually we might be able to sell a branded project because of this so
2: apparently oh, yeah. that's
1: like maybe being maybe being talked about right now but i don't know yeah we'll see either wow. way like, either way i win yeah yeah
2: <laughs> no it's true though so a couple things I, you know, you were just saying like, oh, you know, you've been working on short films for a while and all this stuff. I love how spontaneous this was mm-hmm. and how, how committed you mm-hmm. were to the joke, right? It's, it's the same as doing just a regular old short film. Like, yes, it's a, it's a bunch of money and like timing is, is hard and stuff, but like making something is always like that, mm-hmm. right? So like whether it's plane tickets and an iPhone or like renting a, an Alexa for the weekend, mm-hmm. it's kind of all on the same scale.
1: Yeah, I mean, I also used the project as like a a challenge to myself of like I don't like being on camera. Sure, <laughs> and Like yeah. that was actually a part of it as well. Oh, I like, interesting. I was like can yeah. I actually be funny on camera cuz I don't find myself that funny on camera, so it was that was like another part of it as well. Is I wanted to see how far I could take a joke and actually be funny on camera and just seeing where something like this could actually end up
0: that's awesome to me like the big thing is is that you have a full-time job you're in the middle of post on this massive project Mm -hmm. and to me because i feel like i've had ideas like that especially like when i'm laying in bed before i go to sleep and then i never ever do anything because i'm like well i don't have time to do this right like oh and like what if nothing happens with it right what a waste of time but it's like you just can't ever have that attitude or else you will never do anything
1: yeah i don't know i and i feel like I mean, once you, once I got going with, like, at first I was like, should I really be doing this? I was like, this just seems like sure. it's going to a waste of time and like nothing's gonna happen with it. And then like once I got a day or two, and I was like, this is awesome. I was like, yeah. I gotta keep, I gotta see where, like how far I can go, because I was gonna like go to Vegas. I had a billboard on reserve. Like I had so many different like circumstances. <laughs> I mean, how much out. does
0: a billboard cost?
1: It's only fifty bucks. What? Wait, what? So no, there's it's not there. There's a website called FlipHound.com, and you can rent time on digital billboards across the country and so i could have every 25 minutes i could have got a like five second snippet of like my face saying tim wilkerson to direct a kentucky Fried chicken commercial where right on the highway that brings you into las vegas really yeah Go ahead.
2: Fliphound.com. Fliphound.com. That's com. amazing. Yeah.
1: And apparently, people like rent those a lot in Vegas to be like, George's Bachelor parties this weekend. Right, right. Check them out.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, I guess like if it's digital, then it's, you're not know, hiring a crew and your printing fees, all that stuff. You're right, just, you're just right. emailing them a JPEG. Right. Yeah. That's amazing. So, I, do they I, have any LA locations?
1: No, no. That's why I was going to go to Vegas because that was the closest one. Mm. I see. Yeah. I see. So, yeah, like I, I had. Uh, yeah all these different like possibilities of where it was going to end up because it was going to end in vegas and it was going to end with me like withdrawing a thousand dollars from my bank account and like betting it all on red just because i felt so like confident about how i did the documentary or whatever right. but how it actually ended was so much better
2: so good, <laughs> so good.
0: wow six cents a second you can get a billboard in Stockton.
2: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah,
1: it was kinda of, I mean, have you ever heard of this guy named like the Kenny Strauss, the yo yo master? Yes. Yeah. So yes. I was like kind of inspired by like that and like Nathan for you and like kinda like uh kinda like uh Andy Kaufman. Sure. Of like just blending reality and like fiction yeah. and like seeing where that takes you and like fooling people and yeah. Well it, was, it seems
0: like one of the kind of key components is that you would really love to direct a KFC commercial. Yeah,
1: Like a, like there was so much truth, to part of it, which I think is like why it, I, why it was kind of like more fun to watch. Cause it was, it was, it felt I, to me, I think everything comes across like very honest and genuine. And there's never a part where I'm actually like saying something I don't believe in. Right.
0: Well, crazy. Uh, well, that was a really good story. <laughs> yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah, this is going to be like, sometimes a, it a feels like you hear thing. these great
2: ideas and you're like, damn, Yes, that's already been done. Well, real quick, though, I do want to talk a little bit about, I realized the other part that I love about your video is that it's equal parts for guys like us. Yeah, like I would love to direct a Kentucky Fried Chicken commercial. And also, that's a little stupid. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And I think that's really awesome. It's like growing up as a little boy, I never wanted to direct commercials or cared about commercials or any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And there's a part of me that feels weird about that And then also there's a part of me that's like like you were saying before, oh, it's great to have the toys and to try different things out and all of that stuff. So I think it kind of lands specifically for people like us, like right in that sweet spot of like feeling conflicted about it. And you're laughing at yourself along with the video.
1: Right, right. It, I mean, it actually, it helped, like, other, like, pr- some production companies had, like, reached out to me that I haven't, like, heard from in a few years. They'd be like, hey, like, yeah. this is, I mean, I had sent it to them, but they're like, hey, this is really great. Like, we should meet up and talk. And, like, some, it actually might lead to other things other than the, oh, the point sure, of well. the video, which is the KFC thing, but.
0: Cool. Well, dude, that, yeah, thanks so much for coming and being on the show. Yeah, <laughs> thank you for having that's me. That's an awesome story. Definitely. We've not heard anything like that on this podcast yet. <laughs> so we usually do these things, unpaid endorsements, where we uh, endorse things that we like, like mm-hmm. Kentucky Fried Chicken, without getting paid for the endorsements. <laughs> so
1: unpaid endorsements. Yeah, I guess my unpaid endorsement would be for an app, an iPhone app called Weekend Read, which is just like a great, great way to read scripts on your iPhone because I feel like usually when you like read a PDF, you have to like pinch and zoom a lot, and it's always like. Kind of a pain to like read through like a four page script. And so this kind of like formats it to like a very user friendly, like very large text. You can change the size, you can change like the font, the color, like, and you can like quickly scroll through pages. So it's just like a good way to like, if you're on set, you need to quickly read like what you're doing tomorrow. It's like you can pull that up and you can save it to your phone. Um, So I've been using it for years and I always recommend people to, uh, to purchase that app, it's, I think it's free for the first like three scripts you save on your phone, and then everything after that you have to pay like four or five bucks or something.
2: And you can put final draft files.: yeah, I think it, yeah, I there. think
1: it takes final draft and then PDFs.
2: Cool. I use it myself and I love it. Mm-hmm. I, think, I'm, I think it's the best. Great one, Tim. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Or, you have anything for us?:
0: I mean I've just kind of been inundated with baby stuff lately. Sure. The technology is like insane what's going on and I just don't know why more people don't bring like baby technology into like all other walks of life so I have little siblings they're like 10 years younger than me so when I was a kid I would change their diapers and like where diapers have come is like amazing so now like diapers have like this yellow line on the front that turns green if your kid pees so you don't need to take the diaper off you just look at the diaper from the outside and you know if they peed that's pretty awesome and then also they used to have, like, tape, right, that you would, like, tape sure, these yeah. diapers shut. Now they use this, like, Velcro-type material so you can open and close the diapers as many times as you want without it getting any less sticky. <laughs> and I just don't know why they don't bring that Velcro. To- like, we, I use tape, like, on movie sets, you use tape all the time Yeah, to stick things. Um, you know, you just want to have, you see production designers do it all the time. They, like, tape something on a wall and t- you start recording and halfway through the tape, like, it falls off the wall, you know? And so, I don't know. I just feel like I've been thinking a lot about like these places where there's so much money to be made, like baby stuff, um, compared to film stuff where there isn't as much money to be made. And right. How I can try to port some technology over from there. The last really cool thing about these diapers, which you guys will not care about. Are you at endorsing
1: all, us to wear diapers, Lauren? <laughs> yeah.
0: Or to bring diapers to set? I mean, you know I'm how very... much porta potties cost to rent? <laughs> yeah. So much cheaper. They have this like netting inside. That separates the poo and the pee from your body. Once you've pooed and peed, you're not actually sitting in it. That's Um, pretty good. So anyway. Maybe I will try wearing diapers. Yeah. (laughs) Diapers, man. It's the future. So this is the episode I'm introducing the idea. In the next episode, I will tell you how diaper technology is going to change filmmaking.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Cool. So my my unpaid endorsement is an article on IndieWire, uh, one of my favorite websites. It's called Here's What Happens When Your Dream Filmmaking Job Ends Up Being a Nightmare. And it's about this filmmaker, Max Labella, who kind of straight out of college gets, like kind of lucks his way into a couple really awesome opportunities and ends up writing this movie that uh, gets him on the front page of Variety. He thinks he's on his way. And then has, you know, kind of like a, a relatively typical typically hard time making the movie and, um, he blogs about it in a really frank and honest way. And so this article kind of breaks down the ways in which it's interesting and then also links to the article. And I think it's kind of just a refreshing read for everyone when you're used to hearing like success stories all the time. And it's kind of like, that's part of the point of this podcast is like to learn about all the little baby steps and, you know, stumbles that you have along the way towards success. So, yeah, the article is called Here's What Happens When Your Dream Filmmaking Job Ends Up Being a Nightmare. I'm always interested by how much is
0: acceptable to put online in terms of your negative experiences. Uh-huh. I think he probably crosses the line, uh, which is what makes it interesting. Well, the famous yeah. case from last year is Josh Trank, right? Sure. Tweeting that his yeah, movie's yeah. not not good yeah. <laughs> the weekend before he comes out. And that basically blacklists him from Hollywood for like ever. Or at least for a few years. I think we have a million dollar bet
2: about whether or not he's going to work again. Oh, yeah. And I said yes, right? You said yes. I said no.
1: And by work, are we talking about like doing a feature or like doing a commercial or like just work?
0: (laughs) Like doing something we will hear of.
1: Uh Okay.
0: I do think there's something like really cool about transparency in Hollywood and like blogging about like, hey, you know, this is how much you should get paid on a job. And this is like, these are actors that are hard to work with. And this is like, it's like. Because to me, that everything I learned is just from like the internet and going online right. and having people share their stories. So I kind of feel obligated to share mine. But then mm-hmm. there's this thing where it's just like not acceptable to talk about bad experiences in Hollywood publicly. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, it's, it's kind of an interesting balance. But I'm going to check out that article. Thanks, sure. Matt. Cool. You got it. Tim, can you tell us a little bit about how people can find you online?
1: Yes, you can find me at my website, tpwilkerson.com. And you can find my campaign Tim Wilkerson to direct a Kentucky Fried Chicken commercial.com. I plan to keep that domain as long as I can.
0: Cool. Until until there's domain name length limits, which I'm campaigning for myself. That's my <laughs> campaign. Um, cool. And you can find our podcast at Just Shoot It Pod and Just Shoot It Pod.com. And you can email us at Just Shoot It Pod at gmail.com if you have any questions. And
2: yeah, you can find me on Twitter at SmiteyPileg. And me at Mr. Matt Enlow. This episode was edited by Eric Kruppow. Thanks, Eric. Music was by Steve Combs. Take it away, Steve. Anyway. Yeah. enough complaining about editing <laughs> i i always say i can't wait for the day when an editor when i sit down with an editor and they're like well you got everything i wanted you to get <laughs> like if i ever meet a happy editor <laughs> it's just like all the coverage i need i'll, I'll roll over and die <laughs>